everybody. Welcome uh, to Wednesday night deep dive at Harvest Christian Fellowship. If you're online with us tonight or tomorrow or the next day, we welcome you. We appreciate you joining with us and being part of our family here tonight. Let's uh, turn in our Bibles. Uh, let's just uh, find a couple places. John chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 9. John 2 and Matthew 9. And Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this great church. I thank you for this Wednesday night deep dive. I thank you for everybody in the sanctuary and online and everybody that's watching it the next day and the next and the next. We appreciate you. So, uh, Lord, help me to teach us tonight and help us to learn. In Jesus' name, we all said amen, amen, amen. amen. Have you got uh, the Gospel of John chapter 2 by chance? Um, uh, Jesus goes to a wedding in Cana and um, his mother comes to him and said they've ran out of wine and uh, they talk back and forth a little bit and then she just simply tells the waiters just do what he says to do. So uh, we pick up that story in John chapter 2 and verse number 6. Now, there were six stone water pots set there for the Jewish custom of purification containing 20 or 30 gallons each. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. So they filled them up to the brim. Remember that. They filled them clear up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it to him. And when the head waiter tasted the water, which had become wine, and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, every man serves the good wine first. And when the people have drunk freely, then he serves the poorer wine but you have kept the good wine until now. We've been on a series, this will be the third message uh, of a series within the series, the kingdom, um, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Um, and in this series, we're simply calling Healthy Church, we've been comparing wine. Uh, the Bible shows us pictures of moves of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit himself is representative of wine in the Bible. And that can be um, uh, a move of the Holy Spirit in, in an individual, it can be the move of the Holy Spirit in, uh, in an individual church, it can be a movement of God. Um, the, the early American great revival was, was a, um, a move of the Holy Spirit. And again, if you look in beginning in the Old Testament, uh, wine uh, is representative of the Holy Spirit and moves of the Holy Spirit. So here's just uh, uh, several things. You, can, you could write a book on uh, on the miracle at Cana of Galilee, but here just a, just a few things about this miracle. He said this. He said, "Put water into the stone jars, into the vessels, the earthen vessels." 
So here's what I'm seeing. Since um, uh, wine is representative of the Holy Spirit moves of the Spirit, water is representative of the Word of God. So if you put the Word of God into earthen vessels, wine comes back out. You see? Um, in, in fact, you can, you can hold your place there because uh, I'm just going to go over here for a second. Uh, in Leviticus 14, and we always talk about first case usage, then it follows through with the Bible. But uh, uh, now watch, in, in Leviticus 14, Verse number five, the, the high priest goes out for the cleansing of the leper. And the priest, uh, verse five, the priest shall go out and give orders to slay one bird. Now this, the bird is a picture of Jesus. Slay one bird in an earthen vessel. So um, when, uh, without getting into it, uh, when Jesus said, I'll go for them, I'll give my life for them. The first thing God said was, okay, then we've got to put you in an earthen vessel. That's what we live in on this earth, is earthen vessels. So the first thing I see in this miracle at Cana is if you put enough water of the word, fill it to the brim into an earthen vessel, a move of the Holy Spirit will come back out. Say amen. amen. So second, I see Jesus set a, a standard here that the best wine is always saved for the last. Yeah. And, and um, that's what we're going to be looking at uh, a lot. Um, if you... Um, yeah. uh, if you look at a church um, that's waning, uh, a church that's... In the natural, it looks like it might be dying off. They've got a lot of, a uh, lot of elderly people there, and and literally things haven't happened in that church for years. You guys know the scenario, and then all of a sudden a revival begins. You see, in the last part of that church, we've talked about this. That church's life cycle. God reserved the best wine for that cycle for the last, when he brings in a whole new generation, when a revival begins, you see? Um, and, and here's the third. We'll get it more into that here in just a few minutes. But um, look at, look at uh, verse number 10, John chapter 2, verse 10. And he said to them, Every man serves the good wine first, and then when the people are drunk freely, then he serves the poor wine, but you've kept the good wine un until now. Um, what happened at these, these weddings, a lot of wine went around at these weddings, <laughs> and you, you, you would serve the best wine first because their taste buds we're really good. And what happens when you drink a lot of wine at one time, pretty soon your palate is, is ruined for the taste, you see? So what they would do is serve the good stuff while they could taste it, 
And then after they had served the good stuff and their palate was ruined, then they'd serve them the cheap stuff. They wouldn't know the difference. He said, but in this case, you, serve, you save the best wine for last. And, and here's, here's what can happen in a church. Hear me, hear me, hear me. And, and I'll, I'll be repeating this throughout. That if we're looking at moves of the Holy Spirit in the church as a picture of wine... Sometimes a congregation, a generation, can be served, can be uh, consuming the same move of the Spirit unchanged for so long that if the Holy Spirit wants to change that, their palate is ruined and they can't taste the new aroma of a new move of God anymore, you see? And, and they'll look at it as strange or weird or they'll mock it or, or something like that. You see, um, turn over to Matthew uh, chapter number three. Matthew chapter three. Um, in every church, in every move of God uh, or an individual, just when it seems like the wine is running out, God will always offer a new fresh wine, a new move of the Holy Spirit. So the question to the church, and the, and the reason we're, we're doing this series is we're seeing this happen here at Harvest. We, we've had a very strong generation through the years at this church. And, and that generation is, is matured. That generation has grown uh, older. And now we see new wine. We see a new move of the Holy Spirit coming into the church right now, you see? Um, so God will offer the church new wine. So the question is, as, as a congregation, um, I just turned... 69, soon to be 39, for, forever, forever, yeah. Um, so here's, here's the question to me, because I'm very, very comfortable with the way uh, my generation ran church. I, I said last, last week, I don't even need to pray to do that anymore. Yeah, I don't need to study, I don't need to do anything to do what I've done all these years. You see? So, am I ready, personally, to consume a new wine? To, to see everything that I know changed? Now, it's got to be on the, we saw last week, it's got to be on the foundation of the wine that was before it, you see? Um, so, absolutely, I have a place. I have a very important place in that, you see? So the question to the church when, when that cycle happens and God says, I want to offer you a brand new thing here, are we ready to become involved in one of the most important moves of the Holy Spirit that we've ever seen in our life? You see, we were, we were the move of, of the last move of the Holy Spirit. You see, um, we've talked about this. Uh, when I came into the church, I didn't know anything about church. I, uh, I was one of the hippies, um, and, and I didn't know anything about it. Um, and 
I, I found older saints. Now, I didn't stay at the church that I got saved in because what they tried to do was turn me into a mirror image of who they were. You see, what God was offering them was a new move of the Holy Spirit, a whole new generation coming into their church. And the only thing they were trying to teach me is uh, cut your hair this way, here's, here's the suit you want to wear, you know, here's, here's the only Bible Jesus ever used, you know, that kind of stuff, you see. Um, that church closed because at, uh, I was in my 20s then, uh, as we would come in, that congregation, I can remember saying uh, some things and, and having some questions they weren't used to, and, and I got rebuked for it. So, so I left, and anybody my age that came into that church would end up leaving because um, they, they were what we now call cement Christians. They're thoroughly mixed up and permanently set. You see? They wasn't going to change for anything, okay? And that church is now a municipal building. Everybody died that was in it, you see? So I went to another church, and they were more concerned about, here's the word of God, uh, Jesus is Lord, the holiness of God. They were, they, you know, they weren't concerned, do your thing. But here's the important things, and that's where I began to mature and, and grow. So uh, as they wound down their generation of control and offered it to the new people coming in, uh, they were actually used in a brand new revival. They got to consume the best wine for that life cycle of the church. So if the answer is yes, I want to be part of this thing, here would be the next challenge that, that we would face. Look at Matthew, uh, go, did I say Matthew 3? Yeah. Go, go to Matthew, go to Matthew 9, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 9. Now watch, here, here's what Jesus said, Matthew chapter 9, verse number 17, he said this, nor do people put new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wineskins burst and the wine pours out and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into fresh wineskins and both are preserved, both the wineskin and the move of the Holy Spirit that God is offering them. Now, um, there are two wineskins that are at play right now. When, when a life cycle of a church is winding down and God is starting revival to bring a brand new um, generation in, there are two wineskins in play. The first is the wineskin of the mature church that's used to the fact of the way things were. I'm used to the way things were. I'm used to the music. I remember the songs. I don't need the slides. I know what to do when this happens or that happens. It's easy. It's fine. I'm used to it. 
Now here comes somebody that's wanting to change everything. Remember I said last week the pastor was sent here because he's a tipper. He tips the vat of wine from the last generation of the wine into a new vessel for the next generation of the wine. And here I am, and I'm now known as Mr. Grumpy. <laughs> hmm? I don't understand this. I don't understand these kids coming in. I don't understand what's going on. They call that music. <laughs> huh? My gosh. <laughs> if you try to put new wine into a wineskin, a vessel. See, this is a wineskin. This body was created for moves of the Holy Spirit, you see. If I become unmovable, if the shape that I have become refuses to be stretched, refuses to be moved any other way, then Jesus said, then the wineskin bursts and both are ruined. The wineskin and the move of the Holy Spirit that God was introducing to the church. So that's the first wineskin that we're looking at, is the wineskin of the mature church that is used to the way things are, okay? Here's the second wineskin. That's the new saints coming in who are used to a lifestyle that doesn't line up with the way God does things. In both cases, now watch this, in both cases... For me, I have to make sure that my palate stays fresh before God so I can taste this new aroma of what God wants to do in the church. For those coming in, now watch. Here's where a church can make a huge mistake. We talked about this uh, today just in, in conversation about tonight is uh, I've seen... Uh, uh, I was a young pastor. Can you believe at one time I was a young pastor? She can't believe I was a young anything at one time. <laughs> I remember as a young pastor, we, we started facing issues that the church wasn't used to facing. We're going to see why here in a little bit. And um, so it, it was an issue with a, a young person, a very young person, in something they wanted to be involved in, their parents were very influential in my church. Very influential, if you're hearing what I'm saying. If they left, I didn't get paid. It's a small church. So I had the conversation with the elders. Do we face this thing? Or do we turn our head? Because if we face it, we're going to lose them. Just to follow up, we faced it and we lost them. Yeah, you know, we did. We did. Um, but new people coming in, the, the new wineskins, they can become just as pliable as God needs them to be. Yeah. You know? But it's the job of the mature church 
to tell them the truth about the word of God, the holiness of God, Jesus is Lord, the word of God is infallible, all, all of these things. And watch, some of the new wineskins coming in, they're going to scream bloody murder. They really, really will. They're being stretched and pulled, you know. If we're doing our job and allowing God to stretch us and pull us and shape us in ways that we're not used to, then he's going to use us to help that next generation get shaped and pulled and stretched, you know. Um, I can remember uh, when I got saved, the pastor told me, he said, now here's the deal. He said, when this church is open, you're going to be here. I went, eh. He said, you're going to pray every day. He said, you're going to read that word all the time. He said, you're going to tithe. I said, what's that? And he told me. I could hear the stretching, you know. My goodness. <laughs> New wine has to be allowed to move in the wineskin, listen, in a way the previous wine has not moved before. You see? Listen, how many of, of the older Christians in here that's been around for a while, banging around in churches for a while, have prayed, Lord, do something new in the church? Come on. Huh? Sure we have. That means we got to use the C word. Change. That means something's going to change if something is going to happen. There was an old elder in an old Baptist church. And they were facing a, a, a problem. And the pastor looked at, we'll call him Elder Smith. And he said, Elder Smith, would you pray? And the old elder said, has it come to that? You know, <laughs> new wine has to expand the wineskin to allow the full transformation to take place in the finished product. And if the wineskin won't allow the transformation of the new wine to take place, the skin burst and the potential wine that God was offering is spilled and it's ruined and it's over. And our daily prayer, both for the seasoned saints and the new ones coming in, has got to be, Lord, let me not burst and tear apart. Help me to allow the Holy Spirit to have his will. And here's something, Jody and I talk about this a lot, and, and I'm sure Bob and Idra and, 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 and Phyllis and Alice, I, I'm sure you guys have had these conversations. What about us? Where do we fit in this whole thing? But let, me, let me tell you something here. If God is offering a new wine, a new move of the Holy Spirit, then what he's offering a new generation is their time and their place and their move. But he's offering the older generation the ability to do ministry in ways that we haven't thought of yet. 
think about that. I know how to do this part. In fact, Galen, at times it's got kind of boring. Yeah. Jody said, I think it was yesterday, we were up in Canton messing around. I was following her around. Uh, but we were, we were up in Canton and she was driving back. She said, remember when we were just thirsty to go to church all the time? Remember, do you remember that? We're just thirsty to go to church all the time. And now we're just like, oh, it's Wednesday. You know, that happens. It really, really does happen. But what if God would offer us ways of doing ministry that we haven't seen yet? Oh, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Hmm. So here's, here's an important truth that we've got to comprehend. If we're going to allow a fresh move of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our church, here's what Jesus was saying about wineskins. A fresh wineskin cannot set its own limits by how the old wine operated. Again, an, a fresh wineskin cannot set its own limits by how the old wine operated. You see? We've got to be ready. What are you going to do next, Holy Spirit? What are you going to do now? Every new move of the Spirit throughout history eventually became somebody else's religious tradition. Uh, the move of God through Jesus wouldn't be the old move of God of the Old Testament made better because if they had kept on sacrificing a lamb every year, they really truly wouldn't have been saved under Jesus, you see. Um, so the New Testament rested on the foundation of the Old Testament, but things had to change. Things got better. Every new move of the Spirit will eventually become the tradition of the previous generation. The new wine of the last day's church can't dwell in the vessels who desire to operate solely on religious tradition. If, if we are complaining about the music, if we are complaining... Um, Here's a good one. I never heard that one before. Hmm? How many's ever said that? Yeah. Never heard that before. Immediately, I'm suspect. He could be a hairy tick. Huh? He could be. Because I haven't heard it before. And everybody knows I know everything. You know? Yeah. Now I'm operating on tradition. You know, new music, a different word, new information. Don't you, how many would agree with me that we in, in 2023, we have just touched the information in that book? Then why would we be afraid of something that we haven't heard before if it came out of that word? You see? New generation's going to need an improvement 
on the word that's already been there. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble for that one, Rev. I did get some emails last week. Yeah, yeah. I told Jody, must be doing something right. (laughs) So, um, I want you to hang on to Matthew, and I want you to turn to uh, 1 Samuel chapter number 10. Uh, Keep Matthew, because we're going to jump right back here again. Um, Find find 1 Samuel chapter number 10. Now, now watch this. Uh, Hold 1 Samuel 10 and go back to Matthew and find Matthew chapter number 3. So we've got 1 Samuel... uh, 10 and Matthew chapter number 3. Now, the baptism of John is for salvation. Hi, Pastor D. And the baptism of Jesus is for service. Okay? So, the baptism of John, I want to be saved, makes us a vessel of the Lord. The baptism of Jesus fills us with the wine of the Holy Spirit that fits us for service. How many would agree? Okay. So look at Matthew 3, verse number 11. John the Baptist is speaking. As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, salvation. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I'm not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The baptism of John is for salvation. The baptism of Jesus is for service. Um, And a lot of times when, when the mature saints hear these kind of messages like I've been doing for the last three weeks we kind of get an idea that our time must be over they kind of think that these messages are funeral services (laughs) okay if you were God and you had a church full of seasoned saints that had had the baptism of John for salvation and the baptism of Jesus hopefully over and over and over and over and over again throughout the years. And they were like batteries of the Holy Ghost. I mean, they've seen times, they're the ones that stand up and give the testimony. I thought everything was lost, but then I saw God come through. Huh? You see, if you were God and you were bringing a bunch of new babies into the church, wouldn't you want to use those seasoned saints to plug in to all these new babies and begin to shape them? Yeah. Um, We had a a program in a church that I pastored many, many years ago. Um, And we took all of our kids and we had them adopt a grandparent in the church yeah it was a really really cool thing it worked out real well 
and at least uh, once a month, but generally once a week, that adopted grandparent, they couldn't adopt their own grandparent, even if their grandparent came to church, had to be somebody different. But that grandparent would go get that uh, child, and they would do everything from go to a movie to go fishing, go make cookies, do whatever. And it was the job of that adopted grandparent to help train that child up in the ways of the Lord, you see? And in the wisdom and the, the stories, I, I like to hear uh, Phyllis's stories. That, she should have been a preacher because if, if, if she's just lying about this, you're good at it, Phyllis, I'm telling you. <laughs> good stories, man. And they're infused with the Holy Spirit, you see? Um, God would have to be crazy not to want to take the seasoned saints and stick them with the new saints, you see? Um, any new job that I've ever taken on that I knew nothing about, I always tried to find the oldest one there. Somebody that had been there a while, knew the ins and outs, knew the shortcuts, knew the mistakes so I didn't have to make them. And man, I just drained their brain dry, you see? And, and here's something, um, almost every job I've had since I was legally able to go get a job, they wouldn't make a boss out of a 15-year-old. <laughs> but I ended up in management because I knew that job because they picked the brain of the one that was before me. You see, if, if we're going to see harvest continue on and continue on strong and continue on full, we need to set up the new youngsters coming in and let them pick our brain and, and encourage them, you see. Um, now listen, um, here, here's a biblical mandate for anybody that wants a, a fresh move of God in our life. And I'm speaking to those of the last move of God and I'm speaking to those who are coming in for a fresh move of God. We've got to be willing, even at our age, we've got to be willing to be changed into another person by God. You see, the, the pulling and stretching season is to create a brand new move of God, a brand new wine. Unchanged wineskins harden and cements into a shape that used to be and refuses to move. Um, look, um, look at First um, Samuel chapter ten, and here is now. Watch. This is one of those first case usages that we talk about. This is going to be. Uh, the first time you'll see what happens when the Holy Spirit enters a human being, okay? And remember, the baptism of John was for salvation, but the baptism of Jesus, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, was for service. So here, here's our Old Testament picture. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse number 6. God says about Saul, 
then the spirit of the Lord will come upon you mightily and you shall prophesy with them and be changed into another man. So here's, here's what I know God is offering me at my age. If I'll receive this new move of the Holy Spirit, I'll prophesy with them. Are you hearing me? See, I don't need to prophesy with Phyllis anymore. I can encourage her and, and all that stuff. I'm not saying that. But if I want to be part of what God wants to do with the next generation, I need to be changed into another person so I can prophesy with them. You, you see? And now watch. And the new generation needs the Holy Spirit so they can prophesy yep. with the whole church, you see? Um, when, when there's a fresh move of the Spirit, old habits, old ways, old plans can't fit into old wineskins of the last move of God. They can't do it, okay? Um, Real quick, go to um, Deuteronomy um, chapter 32. Now, I want to show you something very, very important here before I close this thing up. Uh, Deuteronomy 32. Why does God change things? Well, number one, because I don't want to sing Maranatha anymore. <laughs> it was really cool. You know, em Emily's going like, never heard Maranatha. But it was cool in its day, you know. It was, it was really, really good in its day. It was so different. Um, but why does God change things? Why uh, does he take a whole generation when, when that cycle, life cycle of the church is closing down and just change everything? We, we find the reason in a warning that God gave Israel so they could be aware. Look at Deuteronomy 32 and verse number 15. But Jeshurun, okay, now, here's the clue to this, what we're going to read, Jeshurun. Um, Jeshurun was kind of a snarly word. Ain't you just special? Jeshurun. He's talking about Israel. Okay? Israel been blessed. Israel been safe. They hadn't changed for a long time. Just, ain't you special? You know? Maisie hates that when I say that to her. She'll say, well, I don't want to. Oh, she's just special. You know? And, and God is saying to Israel, oh, you precious baby, you. Ain't you just special? He said, but Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. You're grown fat and thick and sleek. And you forsook God who made him and scorned the rock of his salvation. They made him jealous with strange gods, with abominations. They provoked him to anger. They watch. And they didn't know they were doing this. They sacrificed to demons who were not God. 
to gods whom they had not known, new gods who had just come in lately, whom your fathers did not dread. They didn't know him. They didn't understand him. You neglected the rock who begot you and forgot the God who gave you birth. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, well, sweet thing, uh, you just grew so blessed. And, and didn't we, Alice, in our generation of the church, didn't we? Man, I could, I could read stories about persecuted saints and feel about half guilty because we were so blessed, you know? We had it so easy. The problem was, behind the scenes, as a new generation was growing, the enemy was preparing demonic forces that we never dealt with before, that we didn't recognize, so we weren't afraid of them. Hmm? We didn't stay on our face and say, show us the new thing coming. You see? We got, we got tired. With every new generation comes the forces of darkness the last generation never had to deal with. So there must come a new move of the Spirit to defeat these new demonic forces. Because the church can't keep doing things the old way and defeat new demonic forces. Um, uh, turn to the left and look at Numbers 33 real quick. Numbers 33. Um, so the enemy sends new demonic strongholds to attack the church to cause it to become weak in its service to Jesus. And it takes time for the church to learn how to defeat new demonic forces. And sometimes, instead, we just become Jeshurun. So God sends a new move of the Holy Spirit to defeat a new enemy and minister to a new generation. How many... Hmm, how many know that allowing a child to have their face in a phone or a tablet is now a recipe for disaster? Hmm? Guess what generation gave it to them? We didn't know. We didn't know. Now I could watch what I wanted to watch on TV. Have a tablet. Is it? Um, we didn't know. We really, really didn't know, you see. But because we didn't deal with this thing, now that demonic force already has a foothold on that generation. Hmm? And it's going to take a new generation to fight this thing. So God sends a new move of the Holy Spirit to defeat a new enemy. Now there will always be those who can't conform to a new move of the Spirit. And these saints will do one of two things. They'll hide from God or they're going to burst out in anger and mock that new move. 
Um, but if we're willing to become fresh wineskins of the Spirit, two major roles of engaging the enemy. I'll do this real quick. Here's the first rule. Whatever demonic force we do not drive out will remain and grow stronger and they will curse our lives. Listen to Numbers 33, um, 55. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants, he's talking about the evil thing. If you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come about that those whom you let remain of them will become as pricks in your eyes and as thorns in your sides, and they will trouble you in the land in which you live. And as I plan to do to them, so I will do to you. That is not a punitive statement, okay? Um, uh, listen, listen to the message Bible on verse 56. And I'll have to start treating you the way I planned to treat them. There are churches that now have made friends with what the enemy sent in to take down the church. They didn't know how to deal with it. They couldn't deal with it. So they became friends with it. So when God deals with this, they're going to be in the same place as those under the demonic forces are. And God's not being punitive. He's, he's saying, if you don't deal with this, I'm going to get you. He's saying, if you don't deal with this, when I deal with it, you're going to be with them. You see? Look at, look at somebody and say, I still love Pastor Ted. Hmm. Huh. Here's the second rule of engagement. Whatever the battle in Christ Jesus, we can win if we'll become new wineskins of the Holy Spirit and let him direct us what to do. Here's what I'm learning. I said this a little bit ago. If I'm willing to be a pliable wineskin, God will allow me to serve him in ways I have not considered. See, I've served God in every way I've ever considered. He's been really good to me, really good to me. And I've been able to do that. Jody's been on foreign soil, um, seen miracle after miracle. I've got to stand and teach the word of God and see people changed. But if I can stay pliable, then God's got ways, Adra, of ministry we haven't even thought up yet. Come on. Man. I'm going to end this. Every move of God has a beginning period, a major victory period, and a winding down period. The beginning period is when new saints come in during revival. The victory period is when the fruits are produced during that, and that takes years. Years we'll see new fruit develop in this church. And then there's a winding down period. And that's when, for this new generation, church will become a habit, and fruit isn't what you see, and that generation will become tired, and a new generation will come in. You know a church is in a winding down period 
when it fails to challenge new demonic forces that we're seeing come on the horizon. The new wine of the Holy Spirit, listen, is as much about the vessel as it is the wine. And here would be a really good question about now. What must I do to be pliable? What do I have to do to be a receiver of new moves of the Holy Spirit to find out ways of ministry that I haven't considered? Only you know what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. It's not popular to preach that God would demand anything of us. But only when we're willing to be stretched to the limit will we ever see a new move of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So, will you burst in rebellion or will you allow God to stretch you? That is up to us, both generations, the older generation and the new generation. New generation is going to be challenged into believing that this word of God is the only truth there is in this world. We're going to teach you things like tithing. We're going to teach you about attendance. We're going to teach you about reading the word of God. We're going to teach you about the holiness of God the inerrancy of his word. We're going to teach you so many things. We're going to teach you that miracles are normal in the kingdom of God. You know? Um, and for us old codgers, God's going to let us do that. Huh? God's going to allow us to do that if we'll stay pliable. Pastor, you got anything there? And you can close us out with prayer if you want to, okay?